0: Hey there, teacher friends! Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Before we dive in, I wanted to make sure you were aware that you can send me a voicemail through a link at the bottom of the show notes at any time. I think this is a pretty cool feature and was super excited to receive a question from a listener last week this way. There's just something about hearing the voice, it's so much more personal, and one of the reasons I'm currently loving doing this podcast. Besides being excited about receiving a voicemail, I'm even more excited to tell you that her question inspired this week's episode. See, you, teacher friends, are my inspiration. You and my students, that is, of course. If you ever decide to send me a voicemail, just a heads up that I will not know who you are or have your contact information unless you tell me in the voicemail. So just be sure and let me know how I can get in touch with you. Without further ado, it's time to kick off this week's topic on utilizing three-ring binders for organizing our student materials. Jill, my friend, thanks for taking the time to reach out. This one's for you. Welcome to the Piano Pantry Podcast, where together, we live life as independent music teachers. I'm your host, Amy Chaplin. In this space, we talk about all things teacher-life related, from organizing our studios to getting dinner on the table and all that comes between. You'll get loads of easily actionable tips on organizing and managing your studio while balancing life and home. Today's topic might sound like a simple one, but... I think you'll be surprised at the variety of things you need to think about when purchasing and utilizing a binder to organize your students' materials. Just a quick clarification that what we're talking about today is giving every student a binder, just like they receive a book that they bring back and forth with them to lessons. We're not necessarily talking about having a three-ring binder for yourself in the studio for each student to organize their materials in the studio. You'll want to jump back to episode number one for that. So just so that's clear. Using binders for music lessons is not exactly a brand new idea. What I want to talk to you about today is just some basic things to consider when choosing binders, as well as help you think through all the different ways you can utilize this organizational tool. Of course, along the way, you'll get to hear exactly what mine are like as well. First, the purchase. The first thing you have to consider is size. One inch is usually an all around happy place. Students can grow into it, and if you're purchasing a bunch of binders at once, having all students in the same size makes it easy to purchase in bulk. I do have a few students with half-inch binders, but it's usually either adult students or beginner students that only are in like their first one or two years of lessons. I don't normally just purchase half-inch binders intentionally. I just had them around and needed to use them up. Next, color. Now it really is something you have to consider. Do you want all of your students to have the same color? Do you have a studio theme color? Do you want everyone to have the same color, but perhaps for siblings you have an additional color so it's easy for them to identify whose is whose? Maybe you want to purchase a slew of random colors and just let students pick which one they want. I've done all of the above and there's no right answer. It's just something to consider in your purchase process. Next. Style. Do you want them to have clear plastic outer sleeves or just be solid? The benefit of an outer sleeve is you can insert things like a specialized binder cover for your studio or maybe a theme for the year or maybe your studio calendar. Next. Pockets. Single pockets or double pockets on the inside. I'm serious. These are the choices you have. For the record, I find the double pockets not really overly useful personally. I don't think double pockets come with most like economy binders anyway. I think they're usually the heavy duty ones, but it's just something to know that there can be a difference with next ring opening style. So like the three rings, like how do they open? Some of the nicer binders have levers at the bottom that makes opening the rings easier. One handed that's all good and lovely. And yes, it really does open easier. However, I've personally found these to be trickier for how we use them because if the binder's on the music stand, it's hard to open using that bottom lever or even just one hand. Finally, when it comes to the purchase, quality. My advice is not to go with the cheapest. The cheaper ones can easily, like the rings can kind of misalign, The goal is here to purchase something that will last two to three years, but aren't so expensive that it breaks the bank buying them. All right, the next thing to consider is dividers. You're definitely going to want some kind of dividers or it's just going to be a big stash of organized papers. The question to ponder is five tabs or eight tabs, or maybe you want two sets of five if you want ten tabs. Ah, we're living dangerously here. I've always liked binder dividers that you can write with pen or pencil on and easily erase. While the printable ones would be wonderful, I always kind of thought they might take too much work and like just being able to handwrite on tabs would be much more flexible. It's your choice though. Again, we're just talking about things to consider here. Okay, now that the binder choice details are out of the way, let's get into the nitty gritty of what to put in your student binders. Let's start with a question listener Jill posted to me while listening in on episode number 31, easing into the first lesson. She heard me talking about putting together materials for my student binders. She was curious if I had printables available for the RCM technical skills. She had just struggled finding something out there that was crisp and articulate, or just even putting something together herself. So the first item that's really good to keep in binders are technical skill sheets. If you do not use a dedicated technique book from a method book, the binder is a great place to keep scale sheet sheets and such. My answer to Jill's question was that no, I don't have my own technical skill sheets for RCM. I simply utilize Joy Morin's charts that she makes available for free on her website, colorinmypiano.com. I will link to those in the show notes. Several other bloggers also have great downloadable resources for technique that I know of, including Natalie Weber and Melody Payne. The next thing that the binder is used for is downloadable sheet music. While most of my students play repertoire from hard copy books, sometimes we do chord charts or lead sheets or they request a specific song and I simply download it from musicnotes.com. On top of that these days, there is a lot of digital licensed music available. In order to save space in your students' binders, do your best though to print everything double-sided. The third thing to use student binders for is keeping a list of your students' mastered pieces. If you're a teacher who likes doing the 40-piece challenge, or even the 20 or 30-piece challenge, Wendy Stevens has downloadable sheets you can use each year. All you really need, though, is a numbered piece of paper. When the student masters a piece, you write it down. While I don't do the 40-piece challenge formally, I like tracking their mastered pieces, mostly because it's so easy to forget how much music they've learned from the start to the end of the year. It's always fun to look back with them and say, hey, do you remember that piece? Or wow, look how far you've come and how much you've learned. I like to also track students playing pieces by memory here. After students master a song, I ask them if they would like to keep playing it for fun, memorize it, or be done. Kudos goes to Piano Safari for this idea I've been doing for years, and it works brilliantly. When they play a song by memory, or when they learn a song by memory, I simply place a star next to it on their mastered repertoire list. I usually have them play a piece for me three weeks in a row before moving on. Alright, now, how about student artwork? If you teach preschool-age students or even early elementary, including an art project of some kind can be fun, to go along with their piece. I use Marilyn Lowe's Music Moves for Piano Keyboard Games book for my youngest students and will sometimes just give them a blank piece of paper and ask them to draw me a picture of the song that they just learned and bring it to their next lesson. Keeping all of these artwork pieces in their binder is a great way to keep them from getting crunched up in their piano bag, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) All right. So the next one I already mentioned briefly when talking about having binders with outer sleeve pockets, but there are a few items that are great either in the outer sleeves or inside the divider tabs on their own individual tab, if you will. One of those is a student calendar. Another may be a copy of your policies document, but I'll just tell you from experience that I've found it unnecessary these days and kind of a waste of binder space, to be honest. I just don't think most families usually dig in there for it, but you decide for yourself. A special single sheet that I like to include in the back cover of my binders is a piano teacher family tree. I was lucky that my grad school teacher shared with me a special piano teacher family tree that was able to trace its roots clear back to Beethoven. It's a fun way to make students feel special, even if you can't trace your teachers back to someone like Beethoven. This is something I share as part of a guest post written by Christina Whitlock on the Piano Pantry website called Varsity Musicians Playbook Part 2, Studio Locker Room, which I will, of course, link to in the show notes. All right, we're rounding the corner to our final few ideas here, friends. The next segment of tabs that it can be nice to keep in your binder is for Christmas music. While you could certainly keep it in the same section as downloadable sheet music, I've always found it useful to keep them separate. I love having my students learn to play some Christmas tunes by ear each year, and even have a resource I launched in December of 2021 you can get at pianopantry.com. Along those same lines, I have started to designate one entire tab divider to the song Happy Birthday. All of my students learn to play the song at the beginning of every year. Sometimes I review it midway, and sometimes we don't. I believe so strongly though, in the need for all students to be able to play this tune anywhere and at any time. As I said, one whole tab divider of their binder is dedicated to this tune. I feel like that's a gesture that I hope shows my students how important it is for them to know how to play it. Like the Christmas by ear, I also have an item in the piano pantry shop for playing happy birthday by ear you can use with your students as well. Both of which are linked to in the show notes. Stay tuned next week as we're going to take a little dive into that topic. Well, I actually had more to say on that topic than I thought I did at first. It's surprising how many little things there are to consider when implementing three ring binders into your students' material organization routine. While I tried to talk broad ideas, for a quick recap, here's what mine look like. I like to use one inch width, outer clear sleeves, single pocket inside, two handed open, not single lever, mid level durable quality, not economy or high quality. I let students choose colors for the most part. Most binders last two to three years before I feel like they need to be switched out. I use five tab dividers that are erasable. On top of the first tab when you open the binder is a paper that I use to track my students' mastered and memory pieces. Behind the first tab are technique sheets, the second tab is happy birthday, the third tab is sheet music, the fourth tab is Christmas, and the fifth tab is open to whatever that particular student may need, whether it be artwork, chord charts, a composition activity, or whatever you would like to include in your own students' binders. That's it! At the end of the school year I gather them up and clean them out myself. Reset them as needed and return them either in the summer if they take summer lessons or at the first lesson of fall. It's such a simple way to add an extra layer of organization to your students' lesson experience. Thanks for being here, teacher friends. Before you go, take a moment to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and hit that subscribe button. Find me on Instagram at Amy Chaplin Piano or on Facebook at Piano Pantry. This week's fun fact is that sometimes I can be a bit gullible. I second-guess myself sometimes, and thus people can pull good ones on me if I'm not careful. Now, don't take this as a chance to get one on me because I am sharing this with you in good confidence, okay? (laughs) Okay.